Uh, hello. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Just dandy. <laughs> Super duper? Yeah, I feel great after the movie we just watched. You're feeling great inside? Oh, yeah. How do just you feel about sunshine your... sunshine and rainbows and all feel... things good. How do you feel like about your eternal soul? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Is that a good enough answer? That's a great answer, actually. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people's answers. That's mine for sure. Just the sum Specifically of this after this movie or just like in, just general? in general? Oh, okay. Just like, <laughs> uh... Oh my gosh. You guys are a hoot. We didn't have, hey, just so the audience knows, we didn't have any technical difficulties in the recording of this nope. episode none whatsoever it's so seamless i didn't have to uh adjust any mic levels or anything like that you we're, never know we're professionals here yeah we are just kidding we don't get paid for this <laughs> deal with it get over it that's what i say and get out of my house that's what i'm gonna tell everybody who comes to my house i'm just be like get out i don't know what's just gonna don't happen. let them in i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know where this could go seriously you know what i mean um hello and welcome to episode 29 sure episode 29 of we watch movies and then talk about them the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it there may be other podcasts where other people watch a movie and then talk about it but it is not us my name is andrew westensko i am the host of this here podcast joined at my right hand in life and in all things by becca hello that's me that's you how are you i'm well i already said oh that's true but... <laughs> it was just a couple minutes ago yeah yeah are you still good i'm i'm great okay always good. great uh and joined uh, at becca's right hand and my left hand by sit hey hey that was a nicer noise than what you made before uh, that's my internal monologue oh okay. constantly <laughs> again after this movie or just in general just in general you know it's a little louder after this movie <laughs> but it's just it's just going like you just hear sit in the back uh... <laughs> you just are tina <laughs> no no sid is not in in a good way in the best way possible Mostly you, just in the. Uh, how do you feel about boys' way. butts? You know. Okay, you I'm were Tina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got disqualified. Oh, good. Uh, great. Everybody out there, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by Darren Aronofsky, completely jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just really uh, jumping off the deep end, folks. Um, today, we are talking about Mother, uh, the actual, at this point, latest film by Darren Aronofsky, famed director of the Academy Award winning Black Swan, uh, also covered on this here podcast just a few episodes ago. We couldn't stay away from him. He's a good dude. We like him. I guess. I don't know. I do. Um also, the director of Should Have Won an Academy Award, uh, The Wrestler, and the Why Was This Made, Noah. <laughs> he also made Requiem for a Dream, he made Pie, he made The Fountain, and I'm sure I'm missing another one in there, but those are the ones that I care about. Um, 
Today we're talking about Mother, though. It came out in 2017. It stars Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. Um, and this podcast is going to be a spoiler-filled affair. If you haven't seen the movie, maybe uh, hop on over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page where you can find a spoiler-free review of this movie done by yours truly. That's me. Um, I'm going to tell you uh, in kind of a like, hey, you should watch this if you're into X kind of a thing. Uh, but if you don't want it spoiled, uh, go away because we're going to jump right into it. Uh, format here for newcomers. We're going to do some hot takes. Uh, that's our off-the-cuff opinion right off the top. Then we're going to dive into what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, following that, uh, Sid's going to have some crispy trivia for us. And then we will do final thoughts, rating out of 10. And this movie will be placed on the Weston scale. The most... Um, uh, I forgot the word. It starts with a D. Definitive. The most <laughs> definitive scale to rank movies on out of 10. It's named after me. So clever. The Weston... I'm with Weston Sco is my last name. Weston Scale. Yeah, I don't know if people get that. Weston Sco, Weston Scale. Do people know that your last name is Weston Sco? I introduce the podcast every week as my name is Andrew Weston Sco. Oh, and I am the host you of this year's podcast. Oh. I, I thought you just said Andrew. No, you guys can dox me if you want, I guess. No, please don't. That's right. <laughs> don't find out where I live, please. <laughs> we don't want you in our home. Seriously, I'm really wary of visitors now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to jump right into this one. Um, spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Uh, as always, Becca's going to kick us off with her hot takes. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. How, All right. how spicy is your hot take, Becca? Oh, I don't know. Dude, I can see Sid simmering over there. I'm ready for this. Sid's got a lot to say. <laughs> oh, boy. But first, I just have one thing to say. What? Jennifer Lawrence. That's all I have to say. <laughs> she's okay. hot in this? Is that what you're saying? No, she's the the uh, pretty much only thing I like about this movie. Oh, really? And she's in all of it, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind pretty of a much... Lot. The camera's pretty much just over her shoulder the entire movie. Um, wow, mother. For all of you new listeners who joined us because we did Endgame and Infinity War, <laughs> please stay with us. <laughs> We're here to freak you out this time. Yes, this is probably the weirdest movie that we've done so far, but... Probably. Well, I guess it depends on how you define weird... I don't know if you can get I mean, more weird than this. Annihilation's pretty weird. We watched Hereditary. We watched The Tree of Life. Yeah, but this one's the most bizarre. I guess Hereditary's a little bit Crazy. disturbing, but this is more disturbing than Hereditary. That's fair. And there's just some just wacko stuff going on. Um, I will say... I really don't, I mean, I don't even know how to say everything without just talking about everything in detail. So we'll get into that. But for my hot take, I, this has a lot of, like it, it is religion basically. And I didn't understand that the first time I saw it, but this being the second time I've seen it, I like everything was really obvious in how religious it is and how biblical it is but i don't like those parts i 
like Jennifer Lawrence and her character and everything that she is. And I don't like everything else. <laughs> wow. We're getting into the hot takes. This is spicy, folks. We've never been this spicy before. So I feel like I'm, I'm pretty set in my opinion of this movie and exactly what I like about it and what I don't. So That's I'm fair. excited to talk about That's it. That's very fair. Yeah. All right. Sid, are we going to burn ourselves on your spicy, spicy hot take? Oh, this place is blowing up with my hot take. Oh my gosh. Is it <laughs> like on fire? Is it going to burn? Wow. Like, I'll have to. I am burnt to a crisp from an oil drum. Did your heart get pulled out We're of you? We're all dying. Yes. I think it was blood. Was it? I don't know. That was a <laughs> Is blood flammable? Uh, I feel yep. like blood wouldn't explode like that. Well, the earth's blood is oil. <laughs> I don't know. So, is there will be blood a sequel to this? What? It's I guess oil. It's, I guess it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that just the only movie about oil? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Deepwater Horizon is the there's, final part of the trilogy. There's or? two. There's two movies about oil. <laughs> no, I just said Deepwater Horizon. I know. I said two. This one's not about oil. It's oh, about blood. Oh, that's true. Oh, it's like one of those things where like at the end of the movie, they trip you up and they're like, turns out the movie was about oil all along. <laughs> That's what it was about. Darren Aronofsky at the end of the credits comes in and is like, this is dedicated to all the national parks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Sid, give us your hot take. What's going on here? Um, okay. My hot take. I will say, this is my second time seeing it. It was better the second time <laughs> this is the most hesitant better yeah. that's ever been said <laughs> maybe just better understood yeah yeah definitely it was a a okay it was a better viewing experience because i knew what was going on the first time i had no idea what was going on so definitely knowing what it's all about helps it and it helps it not feel so crazy and disjointed um i will say that i like this movie but i don't enjoy it so i feel that yeah that's a spicy hot take <laughs> i thought you i was i i was like this is gonna come in here and just crap all over this movie <laughs> yeah i have very mixed feelings about this one because there are definitely things that I really do enjoy. Um, and yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is a, is a high point for me. But there are so other things that I really don't like. So. I think the... Uh, is that the end of your hot take? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, well, here I come, people. <laughs> oh, no. Buckle in. Let's do this. Um, I think that the, the acting in general is a high point for me. I quite enjoy the acting pretty much across the board. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence's performance, Javier Bardem, obviously, and then I think Ed Harris and Kristen Wiig are standouts as well. Um, really do a great job at embodying their characters. Um, and what's her name? Michelle Pfeiffer. She does a good job too. Basically, everybody that has more than like a third of a second of screen time <laughs> does a really good job. Which is like literally like five people. Yeah, I mean, once once you get past Kane and Abel, I mean, the two sons. Um. <laughs> Yeah. So here's the thing. This movie, it's got a uh, uh, pros. It's, it's got pros and cons, right? We got the pro list and we got the con list. The pro. Uh, let's start with cons. The cons are the the allegory is stupid. 
Yeah. Like the 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 plot of this movie is dumb and the script is bad. <laughs> and once you know it, it's so obvious yeah. and it's like yeah, it's just hard to get past that. Yeah. Um the good news is is that I'm a wacko and I enjoy movies that have bad plots and <laughs> and stupid stories. Um <laughs> Or even movies that have no story at all, as long as the movie is pretty. And one thing this movie has going for it is that it's it's not pretty necessarily. It's not like it's not it's not like something like it comes at night where like it's just a gorgeous film that makes absolutely zero sense. This movie makes sense, but it's not as clever as it wants to think that it is. Um and whatever but darren aronofsky sat down one day and he's like he's like man over the course of my last three films uh black swan the wrestler and noah he's like i've been trying to lace in this this whole story of christianity in the modern world and i feel like people just aren't getting it and he literally made a movie about noah um <laughs> he, and, and he cast uh anthony hopkins as methuselah which was probably one of the worst casting decisions that's ever been but like does he just not know any other old men because anthony hopkins literally plays methuselah identical to how he plays odin and the thor movies are comedies <laughs> he's just like this wacky old man it's ridiculous um jumping back uh so as i said this movie is really just darren aronofsky jumping the shark he's like I feel like he probably has um, like a find my friends alert on everybody's phone, even if we don't have the app installed. And when somebody is watching this movie, he's just like barreling towards your house <laughs> to, I imagine it like the, uh, the Shia LaBeouf video. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, yeah, Sid? The song. Yeah, the song. <laughs> um, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I feel like it's like that, but with Darren Aronofsky and he gets a notice every time somebody watches mother and he thinks that his audience is so stupid. So he feels like he has to just run over to your house and pound on your door and be like, guys, it's the Bible. Did you, did you pick it up? It's, it's the Bible guys. Like, <laughs> he just like beats you over the head with it. So like I say, the story is stupid. There's nothing wrong with telling an allegorical tale or with retelling pretty much literally the oldest story of all time. But like maybe have a little bit of tact with it. <laughs> uh, but also, if you watched this movie and didn't get it that it's the Bible, you're not alone because I didn't okay. get it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either. Not the first time until know. right it, after. It's seriously, it's like, like oh my gosh, one brother killed another. Uh, 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 uh he just got marked. Pretty crazy. <laughs> pretty crazy oh the the house flooded and it drove everybody out this is literally andrew's commentary the entire movie <laughs> because because the script in this movie is stupid and the story <laughs> in this movie is stupid so darren aronofsky sat down and he's like i'm gonna try and make this allegorical tale of the story of the bible and like he accidentally made like a surrealist masterpiece <laughs> He he just like accidentally created the best dream sequence in the last few years because in spite of this movie being horrendously stupid, um, it is immaculately made. 
from like a production standpoint. The cinematography in this is really smart. Um, the way it basically is just over Jennifer Lawrence's shoulder for probably 85% of this movie does a really good job at creating that tension and really putting you inside of her head where she is incredibly confused as to what's going on. Um, and then really the last probably 30 to 40 minutes where it really just goes off the rails is like probably the most accurate representation of a nightmare that I've ever seen on TV or not on TV in a movie. It's up there with like the dream sequence from Rosemary's baby, except for that that was not a dream sequence. It's just her getting raped by Satan. But, um, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. That's a good turn. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it, he like, like I said, I feel like he accidentally created one of the best dream sequences that I've ever seen because the way that, and it's, it's so smart the way that the house is set up in a circle because she's able to just walk around in circles. And every time she comes into every room, something more effed up is happening and like none of it makes any sense. And time is completely lost, but she like doesn't take, I mean, she's like, what is going on? But she's never like, this doesn't make any sense. Like how did they build barracks in my house in the time that it took me to walk from the kitchen to the living room? You know what I mean? Like she doesn't like actually question the logic of it. She's just like, why is this happening to me? You know what I mean? So I, that's what I enjoy about this movie. I think you have to give her a break. She was in labor. So there are a lot of things going on. So if you're in labor and you come downstairs and there's like a literal war happening in your living room, you're just like, oh, wow, this is weird, but I'm in labor. <laughs> I feel like there's a line where you got to expect somebody to be like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like I said, so this movie is crazy well made. Darren Aronofsky is an incredibly skilled filmmaker, but like, dude, chill out. <laughs> like, you're... You, you made a couple of masterpieces in The Wrestler and Black Swan, which are both incredible movies. Those uh, fans of the podcast will know that I rated Black Swan a 10 out of 10, and I stand by that. And it's uh, very likely, honestly, that The Wrestler is also a 10 out of 10. Uh, but <laughs> you just need to chill out, dude. Totally <laughs> jump the shark. The way that you intertwined uh, themes of Christianity into those two movies is borderline genius. And incredibly well done. Uh, Noah was silly. Yeah, like I said, you had Anthony Hopkins as Methuselah, and um, I mean, I know they're technically in the Book of Genesis, but like, like rock golem giants played a significant role in the movie, and the CGI on them was pretty bad. What? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I need to see this now. Oh, you really do. Okay. It's it's worth your time. It's bad, <laughs> but like. <laughs> But that's the thing is, this movie isn't bad. That movie's bad. It's well made, but like even as you're watching, you're just <laughs> come on. <laughs> Whereas this movie, like you at least have the opportunity to get wrapped up in the craziness of it a little bit. Okay. Uh, Emma Watson is in it. She okay. Plays a part. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you should watch Noah. It's funny. Right. It's not supposed to be funny, but <laughs> it is. Um, so that's the career of Darren Aronofsky through the lens of Andrew's, uh, movie criticism is you made two great movies and decided your audience were idiots and you really need to come back from that dude. Please come back because I really love you and I want you to make a good movie again, <laughs> but like an actually good movie, like with multiple good parts to it and not just like one or two. <laughs> that's my hot take. 
Wow. My hot take is that this movie is dumb, but I like watching it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's that. All right. All See right. you later, guys. See you later, guys. <laughs> the movie's dumb, but uh, you should probably watch it. I don't know if you should watch it, but if you're going to watch it, you should watch it twice. That's fair. Yeah. But like not back to back because you shouldn't do that to yourself. No, you need like at least six months in between. Yeah. Each viewing. And here's the thing. This movie uh, suffered horrendously from the marketing team. Like the people who got put in charge of making commercials for this movie should, I mean, should either be promoted or fired. Because well, they made it look like a just a horror. Yeah, if you go back and watch the trailers for this movie, it I thought it was a horror movie. Yeah, and there's some really cool scenes in the trailer. I don't know that I remember all of it, but I do remember specifically the one scene with Jennifer Lawrence when she's down in the basement and she turns the light bulb on. Yeah, and there's blood and it just shatters. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and like that is just horror. But like that's like the only thing. Yeah. Um. And there's like the really sharp score with like the the like striking font going down. Uh-huh. The trailers are great. They just do not represent the movie. <laughs> yeah, they just you go into it thinking that it's going to be like an intruder horror yeah. movie. Yeah. So like I said, I mean they got butts and seats, and I guess that's the job of the people. I know a ton of people that went and saw this movie because they thought it was a horror movie, and I am the only person that I've ever talked to that likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> And I really do only like it because of the last half. I think the first half is fine. I think that the first half is important in some ways. I mean, yeah, it's important to the story that he's trying to tell. I Yeah, well, I think specifically for Jennifer Lawrence's character. How do you mean? Well, I guess we can just jump into all of it. Yeah, do it. Um... So, yeah, basically, it's the story of the Bible, but Jennifer Lawrence is Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the whole first half is setting up that idea that she's Mother Earth because it shows, like, how connected she is to the house and how important it is for her to be there and be there alone with her husband and not let anybody in and protect it and keep it nice. And, like, we learn all of that in the first half so that we understand, like, well, I mean, anybody would be freaked out if those kinds of things are happening in your house. <laughs> but like, I feel like it helps us understand like Mother Earth as a character in that like she needs to protect her house and she wants it to be beautiful. And there's the, I mean, all the lines are cheesy, but the cheesy line where she's like, I think she's talking to Michelle Pfeiffer, like, I just want this to be a paradise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, of course, so cheesy, but I think it's important for her character and for us to understand how, I don't know. She's just like, she's like innocent and she just wants good things and things are good. Her house is beautiful and it's fine. And then it slowly is not. Yeah. So I, watch this movie and like this movie from the earth's perspective and nothing else <laughs> said like a true conservationist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. I do. As I'm sitting here thinking about it, I think that the, the allegory 
grows more legs the further that the movie goes on. Because really the problem that I have with it and um, why I think the script is so dumb. And maybe that's what I like about the second half is that there's basically no script. Like the script is like, I imagine it's just like crazy shit happens. And Jennifer Lawrence is, she just has one line where she's just like, Oh, what's going on? Excuse me. And then there's like, he just like writes in big crayon, like the house explodes and military comes in and Kristen Wiig pops six dudes in the head. And then it's like mother earth. What's going on? (laughs) There's just like no script in the back half of this movie. Um, Until we get to, I guess, the birth scene. And then it's just like, no, let me see him. No, let me see him. No. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that probably took up a few pages. But um, really the problem with the first half, I think, because it's just as gorgeous as the rest of it. It's just as well acted as the rest of it. It's just that it's so patronizing you know what i mean like it's not even an allegory necessarily it's just a retelling Mm -hmm. of the story but and everything is symbolic and it's very obvious like when you know it going into it like everything is very obvious i feel like this could have been more enjoyable if it was done in one of two ways the first is if it had been presented for what it is right like Let's say instead of the weirdo chick burning and Javier Bardem putting the glass thing back on the pedestal and the house restoring, let's say we just get a black screen with white text that says, you know, and in the beginning there was nothing. It just like quote Genesis straight up. You know what I mean? Be like, this is a retelling of the Bible. Like then they can beat you over the head with it because you know, oh, this is just a retelling. Mm-hmm. Or if he had been like, a little bit more abstract with it right where like you actually feel accomplished for catching on but it's this weird middle ground where like he doesn't tell you what's going on so he thinks that he's clever in the way that he's presenting it but he's just not because then again the way that it's presented you go down one of two paths either you get it and you feel like you're having your head beat in with this allegory or you don't get it and literally nothing makes any sense yeah. And neither one of those is super enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, that's my issue with the first half, really. That's fair. Yeah. What do you think of the first half, Sid? Do you like, do you like, are you a first halfer or a second halfer? Or a no halfer. <laughs> I think the first time I saw it, I was a first halfer, but this time I'm more of a second halfer. Because, like, uh, yeah, watching the first half knowing what it's all about it's just kind of like yeah i know the story i've heard this my entire life so it's honestly kind of boring so you're kind of just waiting for things to just you know just for shit to hit the fan and you know it's still not enjoyable to watch all of that but it's more entertaining i guess yeah well and my other question is like who who is the intended audience of this film because if, if it's the religious folks you're going after, you're not going to get them with this. Oh, no. You know what I mean? But, like, the liberal arts crew tend to be, uh, at the very least, agnostic in general, if not straight-up atheistic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. touching, touching religion as a theme in filmmaking specifically is, like, 
it's like only acceptable usually as like a struggle right but like literally just retelling the story of the bible like i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure who that's for i don't know i don't know and that's why like i don't even know who i would recommend this to I, I, like I said, I think I would recommend it to people who have similar interests to me. People who, like, can see past a crappy plot for good filmmaking and who just enjoy watching films that are made well. That's what I'd recommend it to is, like, if you're into tense cinematography and really awesome visuals, then you slog through the first half to get to the second half. But again, like if you're if you're watching this for like a religious experience, you're, you're not gonna find it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna bear my testimony on this. <laughs> <laughs> I found Jesus through watching Mother. Let me just explain it to you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, the honor code would come for me. Absolutely, they would. <laughs> Man, so I. I that's what I say is this movie just, it confuses me so much, but not like in a way that like, oh, I don't get it. It's just like, I don't know what he was thinking making this. Like, it's almost frustrating because imagine if he had set out and been like, I'm going to make a really surreal, crazy dream sequence like this. That could have been an awesome movie. But no, you need to retell the story of the Bible. Well, I guess not to reiterate too much on what I said earlier, but or like not repeat it exactly like I said it, but um, I this time watched this movie completely from Jennifer Lawrence's perspective and character. Mm -hmm. And like during the first half, I just like didn't care about the story. You know, like I didn't care about any of the characters. Like I was fully focused on trying to like understand and feel every single thing that Jennifer Lawrence was feeling. And that made it more enjoyable for me. And sure. As like a conservationist, like oh, I'm not mocking you. It's fine. <laughs> like just thinking about where the earth is now and how like the earth feels about things. I feel like was really beneficial for me watching this movie and having Mother Earth be a person and a character, but also the house. Like, I feel like that, like, that was really, I don't know, it told the story really well of Earth. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is, like, apart from the very ending with, like, the baby and the Eucharist and everything going on, like, most of the second half totally drops the biblical allegory. I mean, I guess there's like the worship of the poet and whatnot. I don't know. But it's not even like it's the focus. I feel like even that idea of like making a movie where Mother Earth is a character and then everything that she builds gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like that's an interesting concept. Yeah. And that like that's how I watched this movie and that's how I enjoyed this movie. And that's why I said in the very beginning, like all the religious stuff, all the allegory. I mean, first of all, it's. I don't like how it's portrayed. Mm -hmm. Also, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's a much better movie if you watch it from the perspective of Mother Earth. I think that's fair. There was one line that I'm totally split on. 
as to whether it's dumb or whether it's good. But it's the one where the guy is ripping up the door frame. And she's like, why are you doing that? And he just says, to prove that we were here. And like, I think that's one of the the less dumb lines in the movie. Because like, jumping back to that, like you think about it, like people carving their names in trees or like on rocks or in caves or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, it's just a really dumb concept to deface the earth to prove that you were there. I don't know. Well, and that whole, I mean, sequence, I don't know that. I don't know what you count as a sequence at that point. The last 40 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) But right around then when she's like walking around and I think she sees like an old man laying down and she was like, no, you can't sleep here. He's like, oh, were you going to sleep here? She's like, no, this is my house. Get out. And he's like, your house. The poet said, this is all of our house Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And like. There were, yeah, a few cheesy lines like that, but I thought it really drove the point home that, like, we all take for granted that we live on the earth and need to take care of it. Yeah. I'm down with that. Recycle, everyone. That's that's what Sid got from this. (laughs) Sid's like, I'm going to start recycling. (laughs) Hey, I have been recycling. (laughs) Are you going to start recycling more? I don't have anything else to recycle. Uh, I'll recycle as much as I can. Do you cut up your old clothes to use as rags? No. Then you're not doing enough. <gasps> you're not doing enough, Sid. Oh my gosh. You are responsible oh no. for your Kristen Wig in this. I don't I don't want to be Kristen Wig. But you are. <gasps> okay. I'll take on the mantle. I'll do it. Okay. I don't <laughs> want you to shoot six people in the face. Well, I won't do it now. We're recording. I'd appreciate that because there's only two of us in here <laughs> besides you. You need to go find four more people. Okay. I'll be back. Or six more and leave us alone. Ooh, you could pull like a house that Jack built. Did I tell you guys about that? Yeah, but. Detour <laughs> into Lars von Trier land. Um, oh boy. Hey, uh, Lars von Trier is one of the best filmmakers to ever pick up a camera. I'll say that. Um, there's a scene at the end of the house that Jack built spoilers for the house that Jack built. You weren't expecting that here now, were you folks? Um, he's a serial killer. And at the end he's like trying to get more and more creative with the way that he kills people. So he wants to see how many people he can kill with a single bullet. Um, so he like builds this like sawhorse thing, but it's long and like straps people down into it to like line up their heads so that he can like pop through them at the same time with one bullet pretty nuts how many people can he kill oh he doesn't do it he ends up (laughs) (laughs) it's so dumb he ends up uh building a house in his industrial freezer out of all of because he keeps the bodies of the people that he kills in a giant freezer um so he ends up building a house in the freezer out of the bodies of the people that he killed um and when he finally does that it opens up a portal to hell and he walks down into hell so he doesn't end up killing him so those people live just as the cops are about to come get him huh i think the cops probably did get him but we see it from his point of view where he goes to hell Mm. and the going to hell sequence is spectacular really really good Okay, folks. Uh, you, heard, you uh, those of you who are into film, you probably heard a lot of whack things about the house that Jack built. It's quite good, actually. And if you're into Lars von Trier, you should definitely watch it. 
And we're back on track. <laughs> Folks, welcome back from Lars von Trier land. Um, as much as I would love to talk about Lars von Trier, uh, because he actually makes uh, movies that integrate religion in an interesting way. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Mother by Darren Aronofsky. Um, so yeah, I think that, so are we all firmly second halfers then? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just Jennifer Lawrence, so like all of her parts, and then everything else I don't want. What do you think about the other performances? Though? Do you not like like Javier Bardem? Or? Oh, I think that the performances are great. Like, I think the acting is great. I don't like the characters. That's fair. So you you you, will, you both like her acting and her character. Yes. So you don't like god no i do <gasps> not like god in this movie oh my god oh jeez i'm gonna edit that so it's just like <laughs> <laughs> no, the, in this movie. Like yeah <laughs> like jeez becca oh my gosh jeez. no he's awful i like no i yeah. don't like him i think i don't know i watching this again though i think that it might not be quite as clean cut as he is God and she is mother nature. I think that they just generally, it, it, it they do represent both of them as well, but I think that it also incorporates into them just general masculinity and femininity. And they both represent those kind of, I guess, yin and yang in the universe of each other, which I think is, I think that's kind of interesting. Again, there's a lot of interesting things that this movie could have done if it wasn't beating you over the head with the Bible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think they did the Bible thing well. Like, Nope. I don't think the characters were portrayed well. I don't think... Not that they weren't acted well. Yeah. I don't think that they were portrayed well. I didn't like Adam and Eve. No. Well, they're dicks. Exactly. <laughs> like... I don't know. I just didn't like how it's portrayed. Uh, do you mean man and woman? That's oh, how they're credited. Right. I looked up to see if they were credited as Adam and Eve and they're not. They're credited as man and woman. What about the sons? I don't remember. I didn't look that far. <laughs> I guess we have IMDb open currently. <laughs> we can see. Um, let's see. Mother. Him. Man. Woman. Younger brother. Oldest son. <laughs> Cupbearer. Damsel. Consular. Bumbler. Philanderer. I want to be the philanderer. That sounds great. <laughs> Whisperer. <laughs> what a loser. Um, yeah. I also hated like the, I mean, I guess this is important for part of it or whatever, but I didn't like the cyclical nature of all of it. Like it didn't feel like it was getting anywhere. Like, I feel like the same thing was happening over and over and over. I don't know what he's trying to say with that. I didn't like it. Like, it didn't feel like it felt like maybe it was trying to talk about like an eternal being and God creating many worlds or whatever. But I hated how it was portrayed. It made me just feel like really claustrophobic kind of. That's fair. And I think especially with the... Uh, message of conservation that this movie does have it almost kind of nullifies itself by just saying oh it all started over again mm-hmm. yeah and it like says it's i don't know it makes it seem like it was a good thing like oh this was a sacrifice that had to happen so that we could what do it all over again like yeah with some other girl poor girls i didn't like that <laughs> yeah what is uh what is she saying before midnight 
Like many, hang on, give me, you guys talk for a second. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there's a there's a good quote from it. I can just keep talking about how I don't like this movie. Let's yeah, hear go for it. it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just don't like it, except for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I've already said that. <laughs> but I guess with her performance, I think that she portrayed Mother Earth really well. Mm-hmm. And like just had this like innocence about her. Um, but also this responsibility that she felt to care for her house and not even for her husband, really. Like, I guess she cared for him, but like she cared for the house and that's what was most important to her. And she portrayed that really well. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like there are parts that I like, I don't know. It just feels like a very repetitive thing because it is pretty much just like people come in the house and she yells at them so like even parts that are good they're tiresome mm-hmm. like jennifer lawrence is really good in it but like after a while you're just like she's screaming a lot you know and i'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of jennifer lawrence so this isn't just me like slandering her i just like i don't know it's just a lot of the same so it's hard to watch you know but like on earth it's just a lot of the same it's just a lot of stupid people coming to earth and doing terrible things to the earth and not taking any responsibility here's what she says so in before midnight (laughs) celine says to jesse uh women explore for eternity in the vast garden of sacrifice oh yeah that was a good quote he just laughs at her (laughs) yeah (laughs) well she was being dramatic she was being a little dramatic a little We'll talk about that. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll get to that. Once we're done talking, no more detours. Unless you're going to Lars von Trierland, then we can always go to Lars von Trierland. We can't go to, what's this director's name? Richard Linklater. Well, yeah, I mean, I like him better than Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Did <laughs> say the Danish dude's name right? Are you a, uh, re- are you nope. a real Dane? Uh, nope. <laughs> I am all British. Yoinks. Well, yeah, I am. Sid, what do you think of, um, what was I going to say? I had a question for you, but now I don't remember what it is. What do you think of Mother by Darren Aronofsky? (laughs) You want me to start again? Okay. Yeah, give us your hot take. (laughs) We're just in a loop here, guys. Oh my gosh. Like in the movie. And it's never going to get any better. No, it's going to get worse. It's going to get way worse and then it'll get better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's not like it's not an interesting story to be told. I was reminded as I was watching this. And hang on. Give me a second. Because I got to look something up. Again. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) You guys can. Okay. So you're British. Yeah. Yeah. That's what 23andMe tells me. Oh, I'm pretty much... uh, what am I? Swedish and I'm British like, and Idaho. Just all British and Idaho. <laughs> I'm pretty much just all Idaho. <laughs> okay, I got it. Um, I was reminded while watching this, uh, especially with the cyclical nature of it, um, by of the last question by Isaac Asimov. It's a short story that is very, 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 very worth your time. Um, and basically, it's about. Um, let's see, hang on. 
So from Wikipedia here, the story deals with the development of a series of computers called the Multivac and their relationship with humanity through the course of seven historic settings. Um, in each of the settings, a different character presents the computer with the same question, namely how to how the threat to human existence posed by the heat death of the universe can be averted. Basically how the inevitable can be stopped. Did you read this to me once? I did. It's okay, genius. I remember. Um, and... Um, so the story jumps forward each time, uh, later eras of human and scientific development. So basically each time there's this machine that can answer any question in the universe, which is the multivac and people ask it how to avoid the heat death of the universe. Right. And it says there is not enough data to give you a good answer. Um, and so basically it runs through the course of humanity and, um, people go off and expand onto different planets, uh, our star dies and then eventually more stars die and then eventually the heat death of the universe comes and still this machine is there um, thinking and thinking and thinking and trying to figure out the answer to this question, um, how to avoid the heat death of the universe. And the universe goes dark and it's just this consciousness left from the machine. The machine itself, the body of the machine is gone um, and just the consciousness of the machine is left. And eventually it figures out the question to the answer or it figures out the answer to the question and it wakes up and it says, let there be light. And that's how the story ends. It's so good. It's, 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 it's you, even though I just told you what happens, you should go read it though, because it is spectacularly written. Um, and it's one of the more interesting, uh, I guess, crossroads of science fiction and religion that I have ever read. But again, just like the, the cyclical nature of it, because the presumption being that, you know, that consciousness is, is God. And creates the universe and then you know man is made and then eventually the heat death of the universe comes again and there's another machine and blah, blah 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 just the cyclical nature of it right like i was reminded of that story a lot while watching this but again that one is done more interestingly and another one that says the same thing in a better way is a ghost story that's true so read that watch that you don't have to watch mother <laughs> but you should mostly like i said and we'll stop repeating ourselves um because uh, really there's not a lot of substantive sub substantive yeah stuff to say about this movie because like we're not going to dive in and be like ooh did you notice how uh like the dude who first got marked is John the Baptist. That's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of like stuff from the allegory that we could go through forever and be like, Oh, this represents this and this represents that, but it's dumb. So we're not going to do it. Um, and it's not done very well. Um, what I can say about this movie is that, um, it's a ride. It's wacky in like a really cool way. Um, it's weird and it's a bit extreme, but I feel like for a film lover, it is worth your time. That's what I think about it. Um, and I feel like that's what I'm just going to keep saying over and over again. So I think I've said everything I want to say about this movie. I think I have too. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. But I, you were so much more positive on it than I thought you would be, Sid. I yeah, I was a little surprised by that too. I don't know. It was I think just when I first saw it, it was like so low that like I looked at um 
my letterbox review i give this one and a half stars the please first time please I, read us your original letterbox review i didn't put a letterbox oh review you just gave time. it stars um, yeah the this new one that i just did is um better the second time still not enjoyable but a plus for jennifer's wig so wait her wig yeah she, you could she's wearing a wig in this oh i didn't pay attention <laughs> yeah that's like all i could look she, at she's like looking fine in this movie <laughs> Let's be oh real. My God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Usually I make Becca start, but I feel like if I give my final thoughts, I'm just going to say the same thing over again. Right? So those are my final thoughts. Go for it. Rate it. Those are my final thoughts on Mother by Darren Aronofsky. I'm going to give this one a six out of 10. Becca? Um, my final thoughts are just protect the planet. <laughs> That's all I got out. I of really would have loved it if he came on and was like, "This is dedicated to all the national parks." <laughs> <laughs> I that would be great. That's what I got out of it. it just like in big white letters, like "Stop fracking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the first time I watched it, I. I think I like I enjoyed it because it was so weird and wacky and yeah I don't know I just didn't get it um this time I liked it I think well I don't know if I liked it better than the first time but I enjoyed watching it from Jennifer Lawrence's perspective um a lot better and I think she's the best character and Mother Earth is interesting in human form I like it um my rating, I think I'm going to give it a 6.2 out of 10. Ooh. Yeah. You rated it higher than me. I That's did. unanticipated. Yeah. All right, Sid, bring us home. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything too much to say. Um, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird movie. It's definitely weird. Um... Yeah, I guess if you're just like kind of in the mood to watch a movie and just not understand what's going on or to know exactly what's going on, um, I guess give this one a shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give this a 5.9. I, I forget, I'm not going to lie. I forget loved your final thoughts just now. <laughs> uh, 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 this movie. Uh. It's a movie. <laughs> That perfectly sums up. So that puts it, I gave it a six. You gave it, what, a 5.8, you said? 5.9. 5.9. Becca gave it a 6.2, probably a six. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love my math. That puts it. Very bottom. Straight to the bottom of the Weston scale. The worst movie that we've ever reviewed. I was anticipating that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a bit of an experiment for us, listeners. We wanted to, we usually try and focus on movies that we know that we really like or that we know we are really going to like. Uh, this was the first time that we've tried to experiment with a movie that uh, we anticipated not loving. So let us know if you want us to do more movies um, that we don't necessarily love or if you want us to stick to movies that we know are great. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And while you're at it, um, while we're doing this, uh, make sure you go to iTunes, drop us a five-star review. We're not done with the podcast yet, by the way. Don't go away. Don't click. I I listen to podcasts. I know. As soon as they say the word review, I'm like, ah, hit stop. <laughs> we're not done. 
Uh, but drop us a five-star review on iTunes. It would really help us out. Please. Or d- whatever review you want. I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. Review us. Um, do we have trivia? Yeah. Let's do it. We got some trivia. Trivia. Trivia, Sid. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, pretty much there's no musical score in the movie. Any music that you hear is diegetic until the credits. What does diegetic mean, Sid? That it's like happening in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Like pretty much the only time that I noticed music was like that weird like... The rave, rave. scene? Yeah. <laughs> um, The guys who play the brothers are brothers in real life. I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't know. He just took out all of his anger from childhood. He's just like, oh, get, get to kill my brother today. But then he didn't, so... With the doorknob to the Garden of Eden? I mean, come on, folks. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Um, the film received both boos and standing ovations at the Venice Film Festival. It's got an F on cinema score. Yeah. Which it doesn't deserve. Out of their Yikes. only 17 that they've, maybe 19, that they've rated an F. And that was one It's of not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Hang on, while you do trivia, I'm going to look up what those movies are. Okay. I looked at a few of them. Um... Jennifer Lawrence got so into her character that during the climactic scenes, she hyperventilated so hard that she cracked a rib. Jeez. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Wow. Um, Darren Aronofsky said that the exclamation point in the title is just referring to the last 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's fair. Um, so I guess he could have been a little more heavy handed in the original title was day six in referring to day six of God creating the world. That might've helped it on us. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Oh, but mother is about mother Earth. back to me. All right. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Um, uh, he wrote the first draft in five days. I buy that. Yeah. Because he was just like looking at the Bible, just, and just and like paste. yeah, he's like <laughs> he, <laughs> he just, looked up the Sparks notes. He got no, he got one of those like modern Christian Bibles that like make the apostles sound hip. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, and Judas took out his iPhone four and snapped a pic. Like. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. After Jennifer Lawrence first read the script, um, she was sh- so shaken by it that she threw it across the room. I probably would have done that. That sounds like the kind of garbage you say during a, a like a press tour. Yeah, I could see that. But she's like, I was so shaken by it. You should really go see it. I get a percentage. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody does. Like, she, because here's the thing. When they get the scripts, they're just like stapled together. Yeah. So like, is she just like turning it over and she gets to the last page? She's like, didn't see this coming and throws it. I don't, I don't buy that for one second. Shut up, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, that's the end. You know what else she was doing when this came out? And I think still. What? Dating Darren Aronofsky. Oh yeah. Yeah. They started dating while they were filming this. They're not dating Jeez. anymore. She was engaged to someone else. Who? Uh, some guy. <laughs> the 19 movies to get a cinema score uh you probably never heard of most of them because i haven't i haven't uh the ones that i have heard of disaster movie um i'm blown away that that's the only one out of the ridiculous <laughs> like uh, spoof parody comedies that came out of the early 2000s terrible 
I'm surprised that's the only one that's on here. Um, I Know Who Killed Me, featuring Lindsay Lohan. Um, Fear.com. A lot of these are horror movies. Uh, Mother Solaris, the Steven Soderbergh remake, I assume, because if they put a... They wouldn't put a Tarkovsky on here. No. Uh, the Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. The bees. <laughs> so yeah, the rest of them are movies that you probably never heard of. I don't know. I've seen Wolf Creek. And I guess that's not good. <laughs> I that's nice. Say, I wouldn't say it's an F, but whatever. All right. Okay. Those are the movies that got an F. Huh. Huh. <laughs> the reaction nobody cares <laughs> what movies have zero percent on rotten tomatoes uh, do we know i don't know tomatoes zero percent guys you're here for the google show all right uh let's see the oh the term i was like what the terminator it has a hundred percent um let's see this is a really poorly formatted list. Before Sunrise has 100%. Looks like it, yeah. That's We're going to cool. talk about that for a minute. Yeah, we are. Um, oh, no. Keep scrolling. Okay, I thought it was like slides. It's like, what? Uh, Max Steel. I don't know what that is. See, this is just really poorly formatted because it's like, here's a zero and here's a hundred. Here's a zero. Here's a hundred. Pinocchio in 2000. Oh, jeez. Before Sunrise has 100%. Yes. Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> it's just, it just looks like a plastic toy of a shark in this picture. <laughs> toy Story 2 is 100%. That's oh. great. Um, blah, blah, blah. These, they're just movies that nobody's even heard of, I feel like. I want bad movies that everybody knows. Weird. Sid, what have you been watching lately? We're moving on to our next segment, which is uh, dutifully called other topics where we go over other movies that we've watched in this week and give a brief overview of if we liked them or not all right um now that school is out i have been watching lots of movies <clears throat> i watched carol which was fantastic was it it was so good i really did she win it. an oscar for that or just get nominated they were nominated hmm. yeah it wasn't like as good as a lot of people say maybe I just wasn't as invested as I should have been, but it was still really, really good. Hmm. Um, that was also a super stacked year. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't that, was that 2016? Um, 15. 2015. Was, but it would so have been the 16, 2016. Yeah. Cause that was like Mad Max and yeah. Uh, that was your spotlight one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I saw Casablanca. <gasps> Had you seen it before? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh. It was really good. It is so good. It holds up so well. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really Weirdly really, for being really, really from good. the 40s. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Pulp Fiction. What'd you think? Didn't love it as much as I thought I would. I think it's just like, it's such like a, a film bro movie. I don't love Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I think. I'm a bad Tarantino fan. I think he has better ones. So well, I he think made, it, he made Inglorious Bastards. So yeah. unless you're talking about Inglorious Bastards, he has better ones. Yeah, definitely <laughs> true. Um, and then I watched uh, some not so great ones. I watched uh, The Happening, and on from, purpose. Yeah, because like I was listening to this podcast and they made fun of it, oh, okay. and I wanted to like experience it with them. And then I watched From Dusk Till Dawn. What's that one? That's the one where like it's it's Quentin Tarantino and George. 
Clooney in there. Oh, where it becomes a zombie movie halfway through? Or a vampire movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently that movie, like, isn't it like co-directed with Robert Rodriguez or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like, apparently that movie was not billed as a vampire movie at all. It was supposed to be like a road trip movie. Uh And then literally halfway through, like, they get to that bar and it just turns into a vampire movie. Yeah, that's really all it is. And I knew it was going to be a vampire movie, but I was just like... It took a long time to get there. I think that was the point of it is they wanted to like trick the audience, but yeah. where you know that it's coming, I could see that. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but. It was like once it got to the vampire part, like it was exciting, but also it was so ridiculous. Yeah. That it was like hard to like it, I guess. That makes so, sense. Yeah. That's what I've been watching. Um, Well, I've watched a handful of movies. I should have pulled up my list while you were talking. Pause. This is really exciting. You guys are hearing me type a lot today. <laughs> Just lot. what our listeners want. If we ever get paid to do this kind of podcast, then I will edit this stuff out. But I Or we'll just prepare. Or we can have an assistant to do all this for oh. us. That's right. We have an editor. Guys, I went and saw High Life. Let's hear it. It played for three days. A Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Thursday. Ugh. I almost texted you to see if you wanted to go, but I don't think I have your number. So I've texted you. Oh, have you? You have your number. <laughs> Why don't you like me? I do, because I went by myself. So <laughs> Yeah, I had to work all three nights. Yeah, Becca had to work all three nights, and I was like, it's literally only playing three nights. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> and it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, what? Yeah. The theater was probably half full, though. Huh. Um, I got no clue. On the movie? Or... You should watch it. Okay. When it hits streaming or whatever. I mean, I'm probably going to. I'm sure they'll sell it to Hulu. Yeah. Like, a week after it comes out. Yeah. But you should watch it. But know that the trailer doesn't do it justice. Because this movie is weird. (laughs) I mean, like, I've heard about it. It is so 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 freaking weird and not even in like a like an avant-garde cinema kind of way uh-huh. like it's just weird <laughs> and like i have zero clue what it's about okay i have zero clue what it's trying to say but i i think i liked watching it say it and Robert Pattinson does a fantastic job. There's probably some, I don't know, under the cover stuff going on that like I just didn't pick up on. Yeah. But there's probably five or six just absolutely breathtaking sequences that it's worth sitting through the rest of the movie just for those. Okay. Um, I don't want to spoil it as much because I don't want to spoil it for Sid and for our listeners. Uh, High Life, directed by Claire Dennis. She's French, so that's not how you pronounce that. But I don't care. Um, Robert Pattinson in space. It's quite good. But it's also super, super weird. <laughs> I called Becca when I left. She's like, did you like it? And I was like... <laughs> like, that was my actual response. Yeah, that was our conversation. <laughs> and I just kind of gibbered on the phone for 30 minutes. Uh, but when it comes out, I'll make Becca watch it. Because I want to see it again to make sure if I liked it or not. All right. Um... And then really the highlights apart from that is Becca and I finally got around to watching the Before Trilogy. Yay! 
We've been wanting to watch it for so long. Yeah. It's been on our shelf for a while. Because we watched Boyhood in January, I think. Because um, I got it for Christmas. Maybe. Yeah, January or February. And neither of us had ever seen Boyhood before. And we were just completely floored by it. So the day that we watched Boyhood, I got on and bought the Before Trilogy. And then it sat on a shelf until we could have three days where we could watch each movie. Holy crap. Which, had we just decided to watch the first movie, we would have made time for the other two. Oh, absolutely. Like, 100%. Because that's what we did this week. We just made time for it. Sid, what do you think of the Before Trilogy? Um, see, I think I need to watch it again. Because, I don't know, when I first watched, especially the first one before Sunrise, I didn't really like it that much. Whoa. I... Sorry, I don't. I I do that. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're fine. I I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in a good mindset. But I just like kind of after a while, I just kind of got sick of this philosophical monologuing. I guess I don't know. Everything just felt like it was taking itself very seriously. Um. But I did, I really liked Before Sunset. I liked that one um, a great deal more. And then Before Midnight was kind of like in between. So I think I do need to rewatch them. And just like, I don't know. Okay, we have time. So we'll do a brief talk about the Before Trilogy. Uh Because I get where you're coming from on the first one. I think that what gets me through it though, is that the movie is not espousing their views the movie isn't like preaching at you being like we are insignificant in the universe and blah 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 like there are very small snips of dialogue here and there that i feel like do embody the themes of the movie as far as like the transient nature of people and Mm -hmm. the importance of human connection and that kind of a thing but i think that especially in the context of all three movies that movie is about two 20-somethings who take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. And so when I was watching it, it didn't feel like the movie was taking itself too seriously. It felt like it was a movie about two people who take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. And who think that they're all deep and whatnot. Yeah. And then that was a huge part of what made the other two movies so satisfying for me was seeing that worldview not even come crashing down around them, which is what I was going to say, but just like, cause you catch them in these snapshots. So you see them nine years later and like, they just aren't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And they still have their weird philosophical discussions and whatnot, but like the conversations become progressively more personal and less abstract as the movies go on. Yep. So you see them evolve as people and get out of, their heads, which is where every 20 something lives, right? Thinking that they're the smartest person in the room Mm -hmm. and you see them get brought down to earth. And I think that's part of what makes the trilogy as a trilogy. So gratifying. Yeah. I think that actually nails the head on why I didn't really enjoy it is like, I don't know. I just kind of found like their characters and before sunrising, just like arrogant, you know? Um, but that is definitely why I like before sunset more is it's, it feels more real. Like, they're, like, actual people. Um, So, yeah, I think I need to watch it again with a different perspective on it. Um, 
and just kind of like watch it for just like two people talking instead of like I don't know, like the movie saying something, yeah. I guess. For sorry, for the uninitiated, we didn't explain this at all. <laughs> the before trilogy are three movies made by Richard Linklater starring um uh what's your name? Uh, Delpy, what's your first name? Uh Christy? I don't remember her name. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Julie Delpy. Um and they take place nine years apart. So the first one came out in 95. The second one came out in 2004. And the third one came out in 2013. So they're each nine years apart. And we follow this couple um, through kind of the ups and downs of their life. But we get basically a day in their life in these three different time periods. Um, and they are absolutely phenomenal movies. Yeah, I was so excited to see these and after watching boyhood like i love the way that uh richard richard linklater is uh-huh. that how you say his last name he just like captures real life and i love in the, these three movies that it does just take place over a day and like especially in the second one before sunset mm-hmm um the time that we're watching is like about an hour and a half of their time the movie takes place in real time and yeah we're with them every second of their time and i love that um one thing i think i was a little bit let down on is i was going into this expecting it to be just a regular couple about real everyday love um but it was like this like one in a million kind of story of this couple meeting and having an instant connection in one night. And I'm not sure exactly how, like, I think I still have to like parse through my feelings about all of them. Yeah. But I felt a little let down with that in the first one that it was so one in a million when I was expecting it to be so like every day. Um, but with all three of them together, I feel like we got more of that, like every day kind of, yeah. love and more like related yeah you gotta wonder to if it life. was if it was planned as a trilogy because the first one even works just as a standalone movie yeah whereas the other two super don't yeah i think that before midnight is the best of the three i think it's the strongest for a lot of reasons that i won't go into now because we don't have another hour and a half to talk about <laughs> those movies um but yeah, uh, for those of you who are fans of film, if you haven't seen Boyhood or the Before Trilogy, you should definitely go watch them. Watch Boyhood first. Yeah, just really interesting the way that those movies play with time. Yeah. Like, I love Boyhood. I think it's probably a 10 for me, but I need to watch it again. There's a good chance that it is. Have you seen it, Sid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like, I just love the way that he can capture just life. Yeah. Like, nothing happens, but it's just life. Yeah, it's great. Um, anything else? Your weekly reminder that Midsummer comes out in early July. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Nope. We did not bring up Blade Runner 2049 in this episode. Boom, just did. Sucker. <laughs> I yeah, made I you that, do it. I, I did that on purpose. I made you do it. It's mind games here. You can't make me do anything. It's mind games. I mean, your head. No. Yep. Uh, you can find us online 
facebook.com slash we watch podcast you can also find us on twitter at we watch podcast on instagram at we watch podcast or you could just send us a good old-fashioned electronic letter uh contact at we watch podcast.com so basically anywhere uh that you can think to find us we are we watch podcast and it's pretty great uh we'd love to hear any suggestions you have for movies for us to watch and if you wouldn't mind, we, like I said earlier, would really appreciate it if you dropped us a review on iTunes. Um, that's kind of uh, where podcasts live and die, and we would like to live. So, we love you. We appreciate you listening. Um, next week, we'll be back with another one. I'm Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll catch you next time. Later. Bye.